The Super Bowl produced so many memes. There has been another gender reveal party fatality. And we're talking about Zendaya with Sylvia Obel. It's February 8th, 2021. Hey, friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Well, Zach, I guess we're talking about sports today because of the big sport thing yesterday. The big, big sport thing. (laughs) That I definitely watched. I 100% turned on my TV and watched it. (laughs) I love the basketball foot thing. Yeah, it's really, really great time in America. Okay, so one thing I did see about it, because I saw everything on Twitter, etc., was that one guy tried streaking and that it didn't really work. Down 20, 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Also, the weekend became a Super Bowl meme after his performance where he was lost in a room full of mirrors. And finally, Giselle Bündchen's husband, Tom Brady, won his seventh Super Bowl. This has ignited a debate over who really is the GOAT, Tom Brady or tennis superstar Serena Williams, who has 23 championship wins. Also, I believe that wasn't even the real debate. It started with like Tom Brady and then another male athlete that I can't remember right now. And then everyone was like, okay, what about Serena Williams, who literally won a championship while pregnant? I'm so embarrassed to say I know this other male athlete you're referring to, Casey, and it is Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. Uh, so not a, not <laughs> I should a small have known guy. Michael Jordan. That, that, that small guy. <laughs> that small guy. But the fact of the matter is that Serena Williams is the biggest athlete, biggest star ever. Her championships, it, she just has hundreds yeah. of titles. She, li- she literally just had a video where she's like, forgot that she had another award. And she's like, oh, yeah, that one, too. So, yeah. yeah, she's the winner. We can stop debating. Yeah, and she's currently playing in the Australian Open, which she's expected to win again for the, like, 18th time or something ridiculous. So, it is, this is not a debate. This is a debate between men feeling like their masculinity is under attack, and they need to let it go. Serena Williams uh-huh. is the uh-huh. best athlete. Uh-huh. Tennis is very hard as uh-huh. a tennis player. And uh, she is, like, just had a bit, it's just so much. She's she's everything. She's a go get over it. Uh-huh. Tom Brady, uh-huh. go enjoy being a pseudo-Republican married to a model. Enjoy. <laughs> Anyway, we need to talk about normal people using cannons. Over the weekend, a couple in Gaines Township, Michigan, held a baby shower. Except there was one problem. They fired off a cannon and the gunpowder inside the cannon exploded, fracturing its metal frame, launching shrapnel into the air. That shrapnel killed a person. Police have said that the firing of said cannon wasn't meant to be part of a gender reveal stunt. But gender reveal stunts have caused major concerns recently, especially since over the summer one caused a wildfire. I mean, at this point, I mean... it. They're incredibly dangerous. I mean, not just gender reveals. I mean, I don't know why there was a cannon, how they had a cannon. That's a bad idea all around. Yeah, and I, I remember working on a story with a reporter, uh, Kate Sosin, who's at the 19th now, before, and we found that more people have been hurt in gender reveal parties than like any other thing that you do in your life. Birthday parties, then trans people using the bathrooms that they prefer, all the stuff. Like People have a huge rate of getting hurt at these parties, and I don't know why we just don't stop them. Just let it go. It truly is devastating. I mean, someone lost their life because of this, and now what was supposed to be a happy day is forever going to be remembered from this tragedy. Whew. Well, I'm thinking about that family. This is not uh, 
it's not a good thing. And I do feel terrible for them. But yeah, no more gender reveal parties. Bottom line. <laughs> there we go. All right. When we come back, we've got Sylvia Obell talking with us about Zendaya's new film, Malcolm and Marie, and her amazing career so far. So stay right there. Chief it. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, everybody. I'm Rachel Bonetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta. You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined. You may know me from Game Day View or Game Day Morning on NFL Network. Basically, any shows with the word game in it. Odds are you'll find me there. Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL, like breaking down games, questioning Tom Brady's genetic makeup. It's going to be great. I'm also doing something that has never been done before. I'm opening my DMs. DMs now open. We want to hear from you, fans of the NFL. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Did you commit a misdemeanor crime when you were 12 and need to tell somebody about it? Please, for the love of Roger Goodell, do not tell me. I can be held accountable. Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so forget the Super Bowl. We're done with that. (laughs) The one thing everyone is talking about today is Malcolm and Marie the Netflix film starring Zendaya and John David Washington. And, you know, the reviews are mixed. Zach, you saw it, right? Oh, I saw it. I watched it Saturday by myself mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yelled at the TV for an hour and a half for the emotional roller coaster that I was on as they were on their own emotional mm-hmm, roller coaster. Mm-hmm, so I have a lot mm-hmm. of feelings and thoughts about it. But the one is, is that, um, I don't know, maybe the movie should have been shorter. But anyway, that's for another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but right, one thing everyone can agree on is that Zendaya is fantastic in the film. You know, it's a role euphoria creator Sam Levinson tailored to her and shot over the summer during lockdown. It's her first major dramatic film role. She's a producer on it, and it's cementing her place in Hollywood as a bona fide icon. To talk all about it, we're joined by Sylvia Obell. She's the co-host of Netflix's OK, Now Listen podcast and wrote about Zendaya's rise and her piece for Essence, Zendaya on honoring Black-style icons and winning her Emmy. Hi, Sylvia. 
Hi. Oh my God, I'm so happy you're here. I, I've been looking forward to this <laughs> so much. So before I get to like all the reasons why, let's let's just jump in because I want to say something to you first. You are now Zendaya's new best friend. Congratulations. <laughs> and the reason why I say this is like you interviewed her twice. You guys are on each other's social media all the time. So you are the perfect person to talk to us about when was the first time you realized she was a star and how did you guys become such close friends? I mean, LOL, I'm laughing at the close friends. I don't want to like portray something, but like, you know, it's so funny because my sister is a Gen Zer. You know, me and my sister are eight years apart. So my sister is really who, you know, she was watching today on the Disney channel. So she literally has been the, like, she's the reason why I saw like Disney channels and day growing like in my house. But I will say myself, the first time I really watched Zendaya um, was in Euphoria. And I think for me, I was just blown away by how brave it was of her to take a completely different like hop on the entirely different end of like the high school show scale. And then the acting was just so phenomenal. And it was really something to see her dive into just this, um, the character of Rue as this like a recovering addict who's going through all this trauma and grief and in this very polarizing high school drama that had me clutching my pearls, even I won't admit, like I was like, oh my God, is this what the kids are doing in high school? Like, <laughs> like it was the first show that made me feel old. We talked about that. I think you and I both were like, we don't want to have kids now. Cause if this is how they're like, acting. I'm, I'm, like, I'm afraid. I have not thought about how the social apps and all the drugs availability has gonna impact parenting. But um, yeah, so I Euphoria is especially when I realized she was a star and it was really an honor that when she got like literally right after she won her Emmy or when she won her Emmy, I had been assigned the Essence cover story already like a week or two before the Emmys happened. Um, so when she won, not only was she being like, oh shit, but I was like, oh shit, because the stakes were higher now. Like now she just beat freaking Jennifer Aniston for an Emmy. And like, what are we going to, you know, she's like out of here, you know? So when I interviewed her the week after she won her Emmy, that was the first time we spoke and that was our first introduction to each other on a personal level. But the conversation was just so good and genuine. And I think like sometimes when you, you Zach, you know this. Um, like when you interview people, sometimes there's just like a connection that's there. Um, and you're kind of like, okay, cool. But also, you guys know, you both know like when you, you we interview celebrities all the time. So it's like you interview them, cool, gone, right? But what I loved about Zendaya, A, that when the magazine came out, she was she made such a point to include the fact like my part in it in her social media, like adding me in her tweet and like making sure she added and tagged me on her Instagram posts. And that's more than um, I can say I had ever experienced support wise from a celebrity that I'd covered. She's truly amazing. And you know, you brought up Euphoria and her amazing Emmy, but you know, she's not stopping there. She's at an important transition point now where she's moving on from playing a Disney teen, you know, and Malcolm and Marie is a part of that transition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she took some heat over the 12 year age difference between her and John David Washington. Why do you think that was such a big deal for people? Is it all Disney's fault? <laughs> <laughs> Always blame Disney when all else fails. Um, no, I, you know, I think it was a couple of things. I think people really forget that Zendaya is not a teenager. 
Like she's mm-hmm. truly like 20, like she's in her mid twenties. And, like, <laughs> and you know, I think part of that okay, of course comes from the fact that she plays a high schooler on TV. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, she's played a high schooler for so long. I forget that she's not actually one anymore. But then there's also, I think the idea of, people projecting their views of who she is onto her when it's like, really, this is a 24 year old woman. And what was weird to me about it is like most, I know a lot of Hollywood couples that have had this or a bigger age gap. So like, I mean, for the Malcolm and Marie to be a story about a Hollywood couple, the 12 year age gap isn't really that off. And I think it was really about how people view Zendaya. And I think it's the, it's the classic crossover tale that we've seen time and time again. They did it to Britney Spears. She went from, oops, I did it again in the school to I'm a slave for you. You know what I mean? I remember everybody reacting that way. I think it's just, we're seeing them do it to Chloe Bailey from Chloe and Hallie right now. But you know, but then at the same time, I'm like, you know, people who we've always viewed in this manner who are their age, like, say, Lori Harvey, who literally we all joked about her being with Future and now Michael B. Jordan. And that and Lori Harvey is a couple months younger than Zendaya. So the age gap is the all same. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, literally, Future and Lori Harvey's age gap is the exact same age gap as John David and Marie. I mean, Malcolm and Marie in this movie. But then also, this is the last point. It's a fictional movie. So how do we know that Zendaya is playing 24? How do we know that John is playing 36? Like, Zendaya is literally (laughs) always playing a movie age that's not her own. Why are we so mad at this fictional couple that's not real and we don't give that same heat to how many Kardashians and Scott Disick's and Corey? Like, how many of them are dating people with bigger age gaps? So, like, I just... To me, it was silly, and uh, but I I can see that it was very much a reflection of people not realizing that Zendaya is grown. Yeah, she's grown. <laughs> and you know, I'm glad you bring up the age because I was thinking a lot about Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, the Elizabeth Taylor movie that kind of launched her in her 20s, and she played a person that was 50. So it's like white women <laughs> are allowed to play all these different ranges of ages, but black women are not, which is a whole other damn thing. Yeah. So, but you know what I really want to focus on today with Zendaya in this movie, Malcolm and Marie, is that you know the reviews are all over the place. But what is consistent is that Zendaya is a powerhouse in it. And what people aren't talking enough about is that she produced the film. You know, she went to Sam Levinson and said, let's work on this thing together. They put it together. She was deeply, deeply involved. What do you think this tells us about the future of her career as an artist? And what do you think is going to be next for her? Uh, Is it just acting or is she going to become our new producing powerhouse? Like the new Lena Waithe, but even more powerful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, for sure. I think that, yes, yeah, she, you know, she co-produced, she co-created, like she co-financed her John and Sam all financed this movie themselves. Like they made sure everybody had an ownership stake in it. She did her own makeup, hair, wardrobe for this movie because like, it was in quarantine. They really couldn't reach out to that many people safely, um, especially back this early in quarantine when it happened. So, yeah, she was strongly involved in it. And I definitely think it's a vision of what's to come next for Zendaya. Like we know her to be this acting powerhouse. She's showing us that she can be a leading lady. And I think she's also showing us that she has a desire to be a part of the artistry of it and, you know, really be an artist in the sense of creating ideas and visions and putting them together and making them happen you know i hope that this you know inspires her to keep doing it and doesn't back her away from doing it more i mean in my interview with her at essence she spoke about wanting to get into like possibly being like a dp director of photography and like you know she talked about like you know how she watches the directors and gets involved in it and you know has aspirations to possibly get on the other side of the camera she's voiced that so i do think that that's definitely 
where it's heading for her. I think she's going to try to balance it. So I do think that she's going to continue to be a leading lady. And it's what's to me, what's so amazing about the fact that she's doing all of this again is that she's 24 and it's really so much still just the beginning. And she's doing so much already that I really can't wait to see where she takes it. But for sure. Yeah. I definitely think that she's going to be creating movies at some point. I'm so glad you brought up the term leading lady because for years I've been thinking about like who's our generation's Julie Roberts, who's our generation like big mm. starlet. And I feel lately that Zendaya may be that person, that person that can be in any film and the whole world starts to talk about it. What do you think about that? Do you think she's like our movie star for our generation? Yeah, I do. I mean, especially it's always funny that because I'm really trying to like own the idea that like, okay, millennials are no longer it and Gen Z is where it's at. And Zendaya is technically Gen Z. And like, you know, like my sister and her friends are always like, Gen Z, the Z stands for Zendaya to them. Like, dead ass. like they're like, that's what the Z and Gen Z stands for. It's Zendaya, she's our queen. So like, I really do believe that for especially Gen Z, like, yes, this is their leading lady. And because we're all like so close in age that yes, like all of us, mm-hmm. like, especially for sure, I... That's why I love the moves she's making, no matter like what the reaction to them may be, because there are great, great reviews of Malcolm and Marie, just along with the not great ones. Same with Euphoria. I, I you know, I, this kind of reminds me of when Euphoria first came out and how everybody was like, this is a little dark. I don't know. And then we were kind of like, oh, wait, no, we like it. We love it. We're giving it an <laughs> Emmy. I'm not sure. All of it, you know, but I definitely can see the calculated chess moves she's making to show her range. And I think they're really smart, brave choices. And I do think these are the kind of choices the leading lady has to make. Julia Roberts is a great example because when I'm thinking about earlier in her career, she literally played a prostitute. Imagine if Zendaya was a prostitute. And I'm going to read people who have lost their minds. But like literally, that's what Julia did at Zendaya's age. Around, you know, like, <laughs> and people don't remember, like, when she did Pretty Woman, so many leading ladies said no, like, no one wanted to do it. Yeah. And Julia Roberts did it, and then Richard Gere signed up, and it became an iconic film. And I do think that Zendaya is powerful enough now that, like, while we may have different feelings about Malcolm and Marie, what is everyone talking about today? The day after the Super Bowl, Malcolm and Marie. Malcolm and Marie. And the acting. Yeah. I think the acting is there. The material is there, as the kids say. You can't deny that. I think for me, the moment it became clear was that clip in the Emmys where it was her in a square and all the women she was nominated with were all white women who were twice her age. And then there was Zendaya. And then she won. Like, I think in that moment, it really like hit like, oh shit, like she's it. Like she is it. Like, like the critics have just crowned her. This is it. It's happening. And I also love this because, I mean, after hearing you talk for honestly like two straight minutes about what a great person she is, like she's just very genuine. No, I love that because it's so refreshing to hear this about her authenticity, especially since she's a former Disney star. And we've seen a lot of child stars falter at this point in their career, right? But she's been speaking thoughtfully about race and politics and social justice since she was a teenager. Where do you think this grace comes from? And and how do you think she's handling this new phase of her career? I mean, sometimes when it comes to things like grace, I feel like you can only thank people's parents for that. You know, Zendaya Mm. has seemed as two very supporting parents who have really been with her for her career. I mean, she's from Oakland. That's a real, real city to be from. You know what I mean? I think that, like, she definitely inhibits characteristics of somebody who is huge, but who has people in her life to keep her grounded. You know, to your point, I love when 
we meet our faves and they're actually even better than we imagined they could be because so often it goes the other way. <laughs> so like I I do think that it comes, you know, her grace comes from her just the, the tribe and the people she surrounds herself with. When you talk about speaking about activism and like certain issues, like Oakland is known for that, right? They are very, you know, the Black Panther Party had big roots in Oakland. Like she comes from that, you know? So I do think that, that plays a big part in it. And I do appreciate, you know, I also think it's it speaks to kind of like, again, not to sp- keep speaking so much about Gen Z, but they're different in the sense that like they are very politically aware. They've shown us that even with some of the changes we saw, like when Teen Vogue in the last election and how they really picked up like the baton about like, we want to be involved in what's happening. I think she represents that so much as a star, but also knowing that like, She's always very much to say, like, I'm not an activist. I don't pretend to be. What I prefer to do is raise the platform and give people that chance to hear from those people. But I don't pretend to be anything I'm not, you know, but she's a black woman in 2021. And it's very real to be like, I won an Emmy one week. And then literally that same week, Breonna Taylor's murderers went free. And I had to deal with that parallel dynamic, just like every other black woman in America did. So I do think, you know, sometimes when you're a black artist, it just comes with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And something what I loved about your discussion and your interview and profile of her in essence was that she talks so much about like, as she rises, she wants other people to rise with her. And before I let you go, I just want to talk about that part of it. Do you think that that's why Zendaya has become so beloved by all? Because I actually have never seen an actor be in a movie so divisive. And the one thing people say is like, I love her. Whenever she treats something, people are like, I love her. I don't see a ton of hate on the internet for her, which is very surprising because like everyone gets so much hate, but Zendaya is so beloved. So do you think that's kind of the case with this one? Yeah, I mean, I do think that, like, it's hard to be, it's hard to hate good people, (laughs) you know, like, in that sense, like, that's a basis. I mean, Twitter makes it look easy, though, you know, and I'm sure that there are people who are still dragon sis or saying whatever, but I do think that when you're just good, like, it's like, really, it's like the material, it's like the work speaks for itself, like, I mean, you can say a lot of things about Malcolm and Marie, and I think it's fair to, I just want to say this because it's kind of drifting from the question, but... I do think part of the situation about like Malcolm and Marie and this a black movie is that like, I think at a certain point, it's okay to not like something just, but I also think that like, it's okay for us to not all, we don't all have to agree on something like some have, it's very true that like somebody can love the movie and somebody doesn't. And that's fine because everything is not supposed to be for everybody. Like we contain multitudes is the point. And I do think that with the Zendaya stuff, it's like, the acting speaks for itself and she's a great, she's a phenomenal actress. And I think that when you're a great actress and you're a good person behind the scenes, this is, you know, what should happen. Well, Sylvia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. That's it for today. Join us tomorrow for a discussion about country music. And remember, Zendaya is maybe, possibly, our generation's Julie Roberts and maybe better. Who knows? Correct. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Thursday, February 10th. 
kick off Super Bowl 56 weekend with host Keegan-Michael Key. Find out who will be named the AP Most Valuable Player. Delivered by Pizza Hut, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Presented by Nationwide and more. Plus, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2022 delivered with Uber Eats will be revealed. NFL Honors, presented by Invisalign. Thursday, February 10th at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on ABC, NFL Network, and ESPN+. All times live except in the Pacific Time Zone. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO, and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. Is this Michelle Trachtenberg? I'll never tell. Hey, I'm Taylor Momsen, and I played Jenny Humphrey. Hi, I'm Sebastian Stan, and I played Carter Payson. That was one of the reasons I liked the character Jenny so much, is that she was very relatable. The whole thing was such a joy for me to do, and I was just so thankful that people responded the way they did to what we were doing. This really was just, like, wonderful. I, like, have, like, warm feelings inside. Yeah, me too. I'm giving you air hugs. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Colleen Witt. Join me, the host of Eating While Broke podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson, the official princess of Compton, Asia. Kidding, and Asia. This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke, and today I'm going to break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke. Listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 